Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. Good evening, Razorback fans. I want to welcome you to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, live from the Sterling Soap and Roastery Studios. We're part of the Believe and the Buzz Radio Networks, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms as well as Buzz to 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. And all live shows are presented to you from Arkansas Brewing Company in downtown Ozark. I'm Porter Hayes. Alongside me, as always, is Jacob Davis, and our broadcast is brought to you by Bet Online. You always find the latest odds, team matchups, NBA news. News and Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. So head on over to Bet Online to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And we'll begin with the broadcast with uh, talking a, a little about uh, Arkansas softball. They indeed, they end their season at 40 and 19. 14 and 10 in conference play with the loss in the regional against uh, Notre Dame. And it was Notre Dame, Harvard, and Oregon. And they dropped two to Oregon, uh, which was a very good team out of the Pac 12. Uh, similar teams. A lot of, a, a lot of people that uh, have been watching the softball team know this team was very young. You had one pitcher, senior leadership pitcher in Shanice Dells, which is an All-American. Then you're relying on freshmen. You have a freshman All-American in Reagan Johnson in center field. You have a freshman catcher. You return Hannah Gamble at third base. You know, pretty much you, you had some firepower, but it was still a very, very, very young team. We knew coming into this year it was going to be a tough to replace what they lost from last year in sides and Gamble and, and Dell, I mean, not Dells, but half and Gibson, you know, and McEwen. And for people to say that, you know, they don't realize how tough this is. This is baseball, softball. You know, a lot of people want to make this a women's sport issue or, but you know what, this is, this is a lot to the, the fans about when it comes to any, any sport in Arkansas. They've done it to Dave Van Horn. They've done it to Eric Musselman. They've done it to Sam Pittman, and they do it to all the coaches. If, if, if they don't go out and win like they think they should win a season or – I mean, I guess everybody expects Arkansas to go to Omaha every year, go to Oklahoma City every year, and go to the college football playoffs every year in the Final Four. And if that don't happen, then we need to change coaches or we choke or we get beat. Arkansas was not a, a women's college World Series team this year. They've never been one because they've never made it. And for for people to come out, of course, trolls, no, you know, no faces on their profiles or fake names, fake pictures, to come out and say we need to make changes in the coaching staff, and the, and, and they got embarrassed. Oregon was a similar talented team as Arkansas and beat them. I mean, that, that's what happens. You know, that's what happens in the sport of softball. UCLA got beat. LSU got beat by Louisiana. Washington's holding on for their dear life. UCLA was the number two team overall in the country and got beat. 
at home by Grand Canyon and Liberty. Two lesser teams got beat. You know, Oregon plays in the Pac-12. They had to play against UCLA and Arizona and Washington and Utah. It, it is a similar – the strength of a conference in the Pac-12 is just as strong as the SEC top to bottom. And, yes, I'll defend the sports that needed to be defended because it's like we, the people who knew the team knew that this would probably happen. Going into this Oregon series, they got a tough draw, but we talked about it. When you're an 11 seed – you're going to get a, a very good two seed. You're going to get a good three seed, and you're going to get a good four seed. That's how this works. If you're the one seed, you get the easiest two seed, you get the easiest three seed, and you get the easiest four seed. So I, I think when you go from two and 25 your first two years in the SEC, both years, and now you're at the point where you've made two Super Regionals in a row. You fall at Regionals. It happens. Arkansas baseball has fallen at Regionals. They've had to go on the road to make it to the College World Series in North Carolina. That's just the way baseball and softball and baseball, it's not like basketball or football where you line up strength and depth and strength and depth collide. Baseball and softball are totally different sports when it comes to look at Army. You line up Army and basketball and Army and football against Arkansas it just the te- the talent and the depth and the size and the recruiting just overtake. But when it comes to baseball or softball, one swing of the bat. One, I mean, it's just how things go in the world of baseball and softball. So I don't I don't like the fact that people are coming after the, the coaches or saying they choked or they can't win. They've never went. How can you expect a team to make it further than they've never been before? They went to a super regional. Two years in a row. That's never been done. And if they slip one level to a regional, now they're trash. Now now they, they should have never, you know, even played softball this year. They're, they're a disappointment. They're embarrassing. And t- I'll take that personal because that shows you've never followed the program from the depths to the top. All you want to do is when they lose, then that's when you want to jump on the team. And, th- and that goes for every program. Not everybody, it's like baseball, it's like you just worry about football, basketball, and then when it comes to baseball or softball, it's like baseball loses a midweek game to Little Rock. Well, it's time to, you know, Hobbs, you know, too many pitchers are getting hurt. We need to fire Hobbs. Well, they've lost three in a low. Let's talk about getting rid of Dave Van Horn. I mean, where are we really at with this? You know, and it, 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 go ahead, Jacob. It's, it's a toxic environment, especially on social media. Uh, you look around hog Twitter, sometimes it's great, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's just absolutely horrible. There's no uh, in-between there in the goods and the evils. Um, as far as, like, five or six years ago, Arkansas didn't have a softball team anybody wanted to follow. Look, that's the expectations that Courtney Doffel's put on this program herself, and I don't think it was a really a disappointing year because we all knew that I mean, yeah, they had the number one overall recruiting class coming into the season, but they're freshmen. They've never played at this level. And, yeah, you have uh, uh, Shanice there at pitcher. You had uh, Hannah Gam over there at third base. Who else do you got? You know, I mean. Well, they had a lot it, of it good players. Be an adjustment this, this year. The thing. It's they had and a lot I'm of proud good of them for getting an 11 seed. Yeah. They got lucky with the 11 seed. I said that last week. I thought they were a 13 or 14 seed. They got it. They got it. And I know you can't say gift because they didn't get out of the region, but they were showing a little bit of grace when they got the 11 seat. But this right here, Robert Hurt, I wonder how many pitches they got coming and if Coach Dival will focus on that in Portal. I don't, I mean, she'll get one because the fact that the three next three pitchers below you are all freshmen. You got Hannah Kamenzen, you have uh, Robin Heron, Nikki McGaffin. They're all three freshman pitchers. You know, that's pretty much, that's going to be, that's your rotation when it comes in next year. You've got three freshmen, and that's the thing. Yes, they had the number one recruiting class of freshmen coming in. you got the number one freshman in the, or not the number one freshman, but the top freshman All-American in Reagan Johnson in center field. You know, they lose four. They lose four players, but it's promising what's coming. And the fact that you got the portal, this is a very promising team but you gotta, you, you can't just, you can't trash on them, you know. And, and sometimes when when people want to say negative things about it, it's like, but you look through their history of what they they say, whether they're they're fans or not, and it's like, where's the positivity? 
but you can't wait to jump on the team when they lose a game. And again, I say it's not like they came in here against a team that like a Harvard and Harvard beat them twice and put them out. You know, did they have the season that, you know, we thought they were going to have? No, but it, it was some of the games losing to UCA twice, which they ended up making it and they ended up getting beat by Middle Tennessee in their region. But that's where the fact that this team's youth comes in, and when you've got one pitcher and then you've got three freshmen below it that's never pitched in this level, the, the elite of the elite in the country, you know, you're not talking about the best teams in your state. You're talking about the best players in the country that you're facing three times on a weekend. You're not playing them one time on a Saturday and let's move on to the next week. You know, you're playing them three times best out of three, and sometimes they don't go your way. Absolutely. And that's where times like last year's team when you had four All-Americans and they were all seniors, that's what gets you to wear. And I'm telling you, yeah, they fell short against Texas. But things happen. They got they got placed against a, a UC or Arizona team the year before that in Supers. They failed. They played Texas. Yeah, it happens. But – I understand if you didn't expect them to win or be where they're at, that is okay to feel that way. But to say they need a different coach or this and that, that that's absurd. It's It just shows your ignorance when you, you're just talking because you know it's going to get a rise. You know you're going to get this reaction out of me and other people who follow the programs because you, you don't put your face on there. And that's what Twitter is. That's, that's all it is is a bunch of trolls, and they want the reaction. That's what they live for, and they got it. And so I hate that I've spent the first 10 minutes of this broadcast about it. I'm sorry. You know, sometimes it don't bother me, but when you start, you know, talking about a person who has came into this program when it was trash, the bottom of the SEC, a laughing stock. And the, when we started the show last week when the women's show, it was like we knew coming into Fayetteville it was going to be an easy sweep. This was back at 13-14. To get to where it was, where now they've won back-to-back SEC championships, went to two Super Regionals in a row, and hosted a regional. And this program's on the rise. As Mike says, things are on the rise. They're, they're at the top. They're, they're one of the top teams in the SEC in a, in a five-year span. So show them some grace. That's how things go. And just wait to see what happens next year when all these freshmen that have played, and then you've got a good recruiting class coming in. Let, let's see what happens. But with that, go ahead. I'll let you go, and then we'll move on to the next subject. No, no, it's just that's what I was going to say. It's like it's baseball and softball, and I hate that phrase as much as anybody, but it's true. That's that's what it is. And and you, you think about the baseball team this weekend and how dominant guys like Gage Wood have been. Like, And it, it's getting to crunch time, and, you know, things fell, fell way off in the eighth inning of Friday night's loss. Arkansas could have, uh, you know, been outright SEC champions on Friday instead of uh, waiting until Saturday after their loss to, to be just co-champs. But, you know, winning the division after the way it started through the injuries, I think Arkansas baseball, I think they've earned two or three seed. And, man, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do this postseason with everybody healthy. Yeah, they and that's and we when we talked last week, we said, "Look, you're still going to Vandy. You're going to the top team. Yeah, that one time was the top team in the East. They're the number twelve team in the country. So it, it, again, like we said, the the one disappointing thing is when you drop this series and got swept by Georgia. I, I mean, that was the one that okay, what happened? But you don't you say. But you don't say that." okay, we need to fire the coach, or we, you know, again, that's what happens in the world of baseball. You come out, it's the last series of the regular season before postseason. Yeah, you. there was a lot on the line when it comes to, all right, do we want to win the SEC championship, you know, or we want regular season, and they ended up. That's the thing. They're, they're, everybody's complaining about this series about Vanderbilt. You won the SEC, whether it's co or how you want to say it, slice it, spread it, you still won the SEC with the injuries and everything you had going on, but yet there's still 60-40 when it comes to negativity to positivity on the reactions of it because they lost the series. Well, I mean, yeah, things, you know, you're up 8-2. You shouldn't let them come back and win the game. 
but it's just how it is sometimes. You get a couple of hits on base, and then dude gets a lucky swing and hits a grand slam. Now it's an 8-6 game. There's life. It's, you went from, okay, we're out of the game. Let's, let, let, let's lock it up. Let's go home for the night to one in one swing. You're like, oh, we're back in this game. It's yeah. not like it basketball a, where you go on a 7-2 run or football where you get an interception, score a touchdown. Come. I mean, the swings of baseball and softball – in soccer, when it comes to lower scoring games than basketball and football, if it's an 8-2, 8-2 game in baseball is way different than an 8-2 game in basketball or, or football. It's just it, – it's a different level when it comes to the, the likelihood of somebody coming back and winning the game, but in the chance of Vanderbilt doing it against Arkansas, they end up winning 10-8. And then, of course, when you lose your first game 8-2, you come back and win 10-8, you're like, okay, we got life. We can win this series. And then they did. That's that's baseball. And it was at home. Exactly. And it was at home. And that's the thing. Like, some a place that Arkansas has struggled historically to win ball games is Vanderbilt. And, you know, it, it was that whole eighth inning where I, I had a article completely written out, SEC cha- Arkansas, outright SEC champions. And I had to pretty much edit it all over for another 20 minutes to do edit to where Arkansas actually lost and has to play for hopefully an outright SEC championship. And it, it stunk having to write that, but you know, in that eighth inning and, and you had that crazy fluke pop fly and, and uh, Holt and Bolton run into each other. And, and that really, you know, caused us, I caused a stir and then Gage Wood pitching 20, uh, had 20 pitches and just didn't have his best stuff. But, you know, you think about – you can go back and be like, ah, oh, what if uh, Dave Van Horn would have left Zach Morris in? Uh, but Dave Van Horn's probably thinking the same thing too. Mm-hmm. He's been he's thinking, okay, I'm going to go to Gage for the eighth and ninth inning. He's been dependable all year. Go out there and win us an SEC championship. And, I mean, he just – it just got too big for him. And, and that – it stunk having to see that happen. And you had a guy that's never hit a home run this whole season goes and hits two this weekend in two crucial moments uh, in that Leneve kid. And then you had Enrique Bradfield still a, uh, a no-out uh, home run. Kendall Diggs, the ball was completely over the, uh, over the uh, fence. And Enrique Bradfield of, of, uh, of Vanderbilt goes out there and grabs it. And hauls it in for a, for a cash, gets one out, and then, you know, it pretty much wraps up the game. And, and you know, as Arkansas battles back on Saturday, and you're just saying, all right, okay, it's 6-4, Arkansas's got it. And then Vanderbilt gets the momentum, they're at home, and they win the series. And that's okay. They're they're a good program. They were at one time the best offensive team in the, uh, in the conference, not just in the East, not just in the SEC, in the SEC and the country. They, they can – they can hit. I mean, they're going to be a dangerous team for whoever uh, faces them in a regional. Yeah, and, and you look at how the, the brackets line up, and again, this is one of the craziest, how the bracket shape, you don't flow the normal way of a regular bracket. It's a double elimination. Right. So Arkansas will play the winner of Tennessee and Texas and A&M on Wednesday. Um, and then the if they win that one, they will play the winner of LSU and the winner of the South Carolina Georgia game. So it don't go down to the if you ever look at the bracket, you know, if you're looking at it like we are right now, they actually jump up a slot to the upper bracket and they'll play uh, the winner of the LSU South Carolina Georgia matchup. Whoever comes out of that game, so that and that will be on Thursday. So if they lose, the loser of game three will. Go down to – hold on, let's see. Winner of game three, sorry. This is confused. Again, this is what I'm saying. It's game six. Sorry. The loser yeah. of game six will play the loser of game five. So, it's just, a again, a crazy bracket of how you basically – if Arkansas loses to Tennessee – They'll play the loser of the at LSU Tennessee game or what? It's just again, it's the craziest bracket in the world when you're looking at right. It. Trying to let follow me the see game. if I can. I'm gonna try to share a screen. I don't know if I can or not, but I was gonna try to share. Well, I don't think yeah. I can. But, but yeah, I was gonna try to share a screen of uh, 
of the SEC bracket. It's confusing. Yeah, I've got it like, up because it's you're looking at thing ever. If you're looking at where, and I've got it flip flop, so the loser doesn't go up. But either way, the winner of the Arkansas winner of the Tennessee Texas A&M game will play the winner of the LSU South Carolina George game. That is yeah. that, and then the loser of five and six. So whoever the loser of that game will play each other um, on Thursday at nine thirty a.m. So. You definitely don't want to lose because you'll find yourself in a hole 0-1 and, and then happen to play Thursday at 9.30 a.m. If you win, you'll play it Thursday at 4.30, and then it will go on game 11. You'll go back up to winner. You always, if you win first two, then you're automatically in the semifinals. So right. winning two in a row would be like – but, again, that could be you beat Tennessee, then beat LSU, you're in the semifinals. I mean, that's how deep – this tournament is not saying that's how it will play out because I'm telling you, South Carolina gets hot again and gives LSU a run. They can turn around and beat them. I mean, you know what Georgia's done to Arkansas. They turn around and go on a run. And then the other aspect I, is who's going to come into this tournament wanting to win it. And who is this just going to be coasting to get through the sec tournament and, and get ready for regionals. I'm watching Auburn. They, Auburn. they have been hot as of late. I think they've won five straight, uh, five straight series, and I would, you know, UGA, man, they've been on a tear as of late. They wanted to get in the SEC tournament, and obviously they had to get past the uh, terrible Ole Miss and Mississippi State schools, but they've got something to prove, too, and I think Alabama, I think they uh, have a chance to uh, try to make some noise as well. I think if they win two or three games, they may be able to sneak in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. But, uh, you think about Arkansas, I think their work is done. Mm-hmm. They're they're solidified as a top eight seed no matter what happens in Hoover. But, uh, you know, I don't really think that Dave and Horn goes uh, pretty deep in this SEC tournament. Well, and you never know. I mean, because this is, this is where that tricky part is. you got more guys coming back, but yeah. you're losing players. So, I mean, that's the, the catch-22 of do you want to – Use this SEC tournament, yeah, to try to win another one. We're win back to SEC tournaments and to get these guys that are slowly coming back back into postseason mode where they're ready for super regionals and super regionals. Depending on how many people's, you know, 70 to 80% healthy, you know, nobody's 100% right now because of the grind of the, of the season. So, I mean, it's all about the bigger picture. And this has been – widely publicized other than basically holding a coach to the fire and saying, does this tournament mean what it means to any other sport? They're going to tell you, yes, but this is when it comes to the big three sports, this is the least important tournament when it comes to actually winning this thing. So do they want to use this to get some guys fully healthy and get them back in the rhythm? Or do they want to win a game? All right. Let, let, let's win a game and let's focus. Because I don't think they could win. They could lose. They could go over two, and I think they're a four seed still. I think they're an automatic four seed. If they win it, they go to a three seed. I, I think that's just where we're at when it comes to overall. And uh, next week, when we find out the regional matchups, we're going to have Cabo on Guru. We're going to do a postseason special on the baseball team. We're going to do the regional matchups and do some breakdowns of who they could possibly see in the Supers if they get out. But from what we're, we've been hearing and seeing and stuff, I personally think they're at lock at a three or four seat. I think three's the ceiling, four's the lowest right there. And that puts them in a very good spot to host a, a, a good team that could potentially possibly take two out of three, but it puts you in a very good spot to get to Omaha. Yeah, I don't think that Arkansas, anything impacts them. Uh, Will says, I hope that uh, Hogs can avoid injuries. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a couple of years ago, I mean, Brady Slavens hurt his ankle during the Hoover uh, SEC tournament. So that's something you do want to kind of avoid. He, he uh, I think he sprained his ankle, maybe a high ankle sprain uh, back in 2021 on Arkansas's run to the SEC tournament championship. Uh, he ended up coming back late, I think, once they got into Super Regionals. But, it, you know, it was it was tough seeing that. But you've got some arms coming in. I like Zach Morris, uh, you know, watching what uh, 
the Cabot native was able to do this weekend. Uh, you look at Brady Tiger, man, he can throw some filthy stuff. And then Willie Mack, he was throwing some good fire behind the plate. And I want to brag on a guy named Peyton Holt, second baseman. Uh, I, I came out and said, uh, yeah, he's the best backup in the country. And everybody was like, no, he's the best future star in the country. Yeah. Look, this guy, Juco product out of uh, – oh, man, the uh, school is uh, slipping my uh, – uh, slipping uh, Crowder Community College, man, has he been terrific? A 482 batting average, 16 RBIs, and one home run since becoming uh, the starter at second base. What? I mean, just pretty much an impossible situation to step into when you're going behind a uh, sure first or second round pick, and then you're going out and just playing ballistic out of your mind. Incredible, Peyton Holt. Good job. And uh, just keep it up. I think Arkansas has got a special one there for at least a couple of years. Another in-state kid out of Greenwood. You know, something about them Greenwood kids that come up to Arkansas and and perform. But, again, like I said, we can say the same thing about that Wood and just the talent that they have. Yeah. Again, what we discussed last week was insert, produce, that's when you know you have truly, honestly, in the baseball world, made it as an elite program. When you can injure, you know, replace with your backup, and you can produce, that shows that you are you have that elite deep, elite depth, you know. And then, of course, what the pitching rotation, how much they have endured, how many pitchers they've lost due to injury, and they're sitting in a spot where they could possibly be the three or four seed going into regionals is remarkable. And I think, honestly, to goodness, that you should give Dave Van Horn Coach of the Year. I mean, it's just it, – it's and this is unbiased opinion. You To be the coach that has a faced as much adversity as he has with his injuries and lulls and riding lows and highs and to come in and – if he's not the SEC champ, coach outright, I will – I mean, that's going to be the biggest absurdity – he might not get National Coach of the Year. I don't know. They might give it to the Wake Forest coach, you know, because that program's just not – it's not on the level as Arkansas when it comes to the longevity and, and staying power. So I could see them because of what they've done at Wake Forest, giving it him. But, man, you, it, it's hard not to recognize him as not being the Coach of the Year this year. I'm sure Todd Walker doesn't. Yeah, well, that's a – and that's another one of them people that <laughs> – man – I, here's the thing, again, and I've said this a couple of times. I don't know how much of it, and, I, and this I'll shout out ESPN because I think this is the world that ESPN's in, or the SEC network because they're all bottled into one network. I think they do that because they know the Arkansas fan base is going to react the way they do. Look look at the, the Jake Cranes. Look at the Josh Pates. Look at the Clay Travises. Look at the hot take people who have used these hot takes and these absurdities, whether it's right or wrong, clickbait-ish, but they've used that to get to the top, and they make absurd takes because they know it's going to get traction, they get popular, and they just go with it. And I think this is an instance. I think the guy knew, what can I do to get a reaction? Well, I'll just leave Arkansas off the whole daggum list because he knew what he was doing. Everybody everybody knows that. I think they know how easy it is to rile up the fan base of Arkansas, and they just swing for it because they know even if it is negative, it's still publicity. It's you know negative attention, still attention. And I think that's, that's right. what it is. He wanted the attention. He wanted to rile up a fan base because guess what? They're talking about the SEC network. They're talking about Todd Walker. You can't honestly with a straight face say that you're going to highlight four teams and Arkansas is not one of those teams. That's ignorant. And to put Tennessee at number one. Yeah. I mean. (laughs) Tennessee, I mean, they've been, besides what they've done the last three weeks, have been absolutely terrible. They are a shell of the program that they were last year. A team that was so dominant, they won their first 35 games before, before losing. And then you've got... And then you've got them at number one this year as the team most likely to make a run in the College World Series. Heck no. You look at it top to bottom. Arkansas's got every every single person that's been in the lineup this year has produced at one at one place and one time or another. 
they have produced. And, you know, I'm sick and tired of the disrespect, but the thing that's going to have to happen, and I've heard it all week, is Dave Van Horn and the Razorbacks are going to have to go out there and prove it. Yeah. That's the thing. It's kind of like with the whole softball program. People are wanting them to, you know, they're holding uh, holding it against them that they lost early in the regionals. They're going to have to go out there and prove that they can make it to the uh, Women's College World Series at some point just so they can say, you know, you can you can put down the uh, the wild expectations that you put amongst them. Yeah. Dave Van Horn's got to go out there and win the title for these guys to, to hush their mouths. And that, that's, you know, again, they're, they're business-like and that they're used to this. I mean, you don't think Dave Van Horn even is, is you know, buttoned up and blue-collar he is. He, he pays attention to this stuff. He's, his team, his staff, they pay attention to it, but they, they also, he's been around 20 years. He, he's not no dummy when it comes to this fan base and he knows how to, you know, stave off because, um, again, his world, you know, his trips to the College World Series and his SEC titles and stuff, you know, speak for itself but we are up against a break after the break we're going to bring in bart reed we're going to talk some basketball recruiting uh nba draft combine news and then after we'll get on to that after the break at fordham lee distillery our bourbons look as amazing as they taste a delicious high rye bourbon aged over six years Fordham Lee's a company founded on the principles of great folks and spirits worth remembering. Look for Fordham Lee brands at Walk-Ons, Liquor World, Busters, and soon everywhere in Northwest Arkansas that serves fine spirits. Fordham Lee Bourbon says please drink responsibly. 21 means 21. Fordham Lee Distillery, blended and bottled in Middletown, Maryland. Attention DOIers and home improvement enthusiasts. Are you searching for the right tools and the supplies to tackle your next project? Look no further than Metters Hardware Store. With locations in Ozark, Alma, and Clarksville, our vast selection of hardware and building materials is sure to have everything you need, whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or building a new deck. Most of our knowledgeable staff is always on hand to offer expert advice and guidance. And with our competitive prices and convenient online ordering, Metters Hardware Store is your one-stop shop for all your DIY needs. Visit us today, and let's build something amazing together. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in south-central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. Searching for premium brewery products that will take your daily routine to the next level? Look no further than Sterling Soap Company. Our handmade soaps, aftershaves, and balms are made with only the finest ingredients that give you the ultimate grooming experience. With a variety of scents to choose from, there's something for everyone. Plus, our products are crafted in small batches to ensure the highest level of quality. So why wait? Visit www.sterlingsoap.com or visit our retail store at 16 West Walnut Street in Paris, Arkansas. Shop our collection and discover the difference for yourself. Upgrade your grooming routine with Sterling Soap Company. Are you looking for a place to grab a cold drink and some delicious food? Look no further than Arkansas Brewing Company. Located at 201 South 1st Street in beautiful downtown Ozark, our establishment offers a wide selection of craft beers and tasty eats. But what sets us apart is our welcoming atmosphere and friendly staff. At Arkansas Brewing Company, you'll always feel like part of the family. So visit Destiny and Christopher Brockett and staff today and see for yourself what makes us the go-to spot for locals and visitors alike. Arkansas Brewing Company, come for the drinks and stay for the friends. 
Are you in need of legal representation? Look no further than the law offices of Robertson, Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson. As the oldest law firm in the River Valley, we have been serving our clients for over 100 years with locations in Ozark, Fort Smith, and Springfield. Our experienced team of attorneys provide expert guidance and advocacy in a wide range of legal areas, including personal injury, family law, criminal defense, and more. Trust in our Harris history and experience to get the results you deserve. Contact the law offices of Robertson Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson today at 479-782-8813. That's 479-782-8813. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Wait. We have got uh, Bart Reed with us, Arkansas insider for all things Razorback basketball, high school hoops, and more. Uh, man, Bart, thanks for joining us. Uh, when you called me or texted me the other day, you said you wanted to come on. I said, man, we got to have you on. So glad to have you back on the show, and hopefully we can uh, share some light about the NBA Combine. We have until the end of the month before the deadline to pull out. And I think there's only one clear person I think that's going to pull out. And I've been saying the whole time, I think he's going to just want to test it, go through the process, work on some stuff in the game. But I really think he was wanting to come back to school. But the four other Razorbacks have been there and they've represented themselves really well. I think Anthony Black probably tends to be the standout right now because he's measurable. I think even some of the front office guys are surprised how big he is. He's standing right at 6'6", six, six, without shoes on, 210 pounds. God, that's a big freshman guard, hitting guard. Nick uh, Smith obviously went through the interview process, has done extremely well. I think he's answering the questions that he needs to answer. I think Jordan Walsh for sure stays in the draft with his, his, his measurable doing some things in the combine. We're off the charts great. He did enough in the game. He was a little inconsistent. Certainly did enough to warrant him staying there. And I think obviously Ricky Council is a good enough athlete where all these guys are going to be on contract and be on the Indian roster. Hey, Bart, you got to can you turn up your mic a little bit if you can? Sorry, we got we got a few people over here uh, saying they can't hear you. Sorry about that. All right. Yep. Is that better? Oh, that's that's a lot better. Okay. Sorry, I was probably covering that up, guys. My bad. You're good. Good You're deal. Good. good deal. So uh, let's start over. You saw uh, you think you were talking about Anthony Black. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, for oh, my bad. 
They're saying, oh, he's coming back. We lost him for a second. Okay. Good. The beauty of live television. Well, I had him turned all the way up. Okay. Yeah. There we go. There he oh, is. Let me bring you back in. Let's, all right. Can you hear me? Yeah, they can hear you now. So, Anthony Black, I think, of course, Anthony Black and Nick Smith are the two, what I would call, standouts that are lottery picks. Obviously, listen, if you had this draft and Nick Smith does not go to college, he's probably the second or third pick taken. Um, I think Anthony Black is where exactly where I thought he was going to be. I think he goes off the board at Washington at eight, maybe gets to nine at Utah. But certainly he impressed guys with his overall measurements. Being 6'6", essentially without shoes on, and 210 pounds, that is a huge combo guard in the NBA. The knock on him is obviously 30% shooting from the three-point line. When I talk to front office guys, they're saying, listen, if he takes enough reps, the shot's going to come. I don't necessarily agree with that, but Ben Simmons has shown us you don't have to shoot the ball really well to be an impact and make some money in the NBA. When you're that big, you can get out of trouble, guys. You can get in the lane. You can jump, pass, get themselves out of trouble. I think he's a great, great 10-, 15-year NBA-type player. I think really the one question mark that we have is how high do Jordan Walsh or Ricky Council go? Jordan Walsh, with what he did with his measurables, vertical, standing vertical, shuttle run, even his shooting, guys, that's, I think, uh, an inconsistency, but because he's so young. I think he certainly has the mechanics to be a decent shooter, certainly mid-range. He did enough shooting-wise and did enough in the scrimmages to really warrant himself, I think, an early second-round pick. And I think he'll do extremely well on the NBA level. The court spreads out. It gets bigger. He can defend multiple spots. I think Ricky Council is the big question mark, guys, because they've listed him as a forward. And at times he struggled in the scrimmage, he can't really catch and shoot the basketball. So I think he, all these guys make an NBA roster. They make some money. I think of the four, Ricky Council's probably the biggest question mark of the four. Yeah, so you were talking about Jordan Walsh's measurables. Uh, I've heard a lot of people. Uh, uh, had I was on a show uh, out of Washington, D.C., uh, somebody with our network, and he said that uh, I think uh, I think Washington has the 46th or 47th overall pick. Yeah. Do you think that's a little bit too low for Jordan Walsh, or do you think he goes a little bit higher now due to his performance? Well, I think it's, a, it's in and around there. And, you know, guys, there's a lot of movement going on. Obviously, at this point in time, I think what will happen is he'll probably go around that slot, but they'll do something like they did with Isaiah Joe and say, listen, you're you're more of a first-round type talent, and maybe they pay him a little bit more money. So, But I think he kind of falls in that range uh, where I – and I could see Ricky – some people had Ricky Council in the 40s. I see him going more to the 50s. But I don't see Jordan Walsh moving up a ton, but listen – the draft is the 22nd. Right now, what happens, these guys leave and they go into private workouts. And I've been saying this for anybody that will listen. Nick Smith is going to shine in private workouts with NBA teams. That's going to be one-on-one in a three-person environment or at the max six. That's what the executives like to see. They think it, it makes a lot of sense. You do a little three-on-three or private. Nick Smith is going to wow in individual workouts. I know that's what he's getting ready for. That's why he kept a low key at the combine. He potentially could shoot up in the draft. Do not be surprised. I talked to Toronto three years ago. Luke Wynn is one of my buddies. He's assistant GM there. Toronto's loved him from day one. They think they're getting a steal if he slips that far. I think he could really shoot up the draft and get a little bit higher I think Anthony Black doesn't get much higher because I think they're going to see in private workouts that he can't consistently shoot the basketball, so that's going to keep him kind of where he is. Bart, Bart, I've been always wanting to ask somebody this question, and when they started the whole, you can come out of the high school and go to this G League, or you don't necessarily have to go to college, what has been the big benefit? Because I feel like these kids that go to this G League, they kind of fall off. You don't hear about them. They've lost a little bit of that popularity, especially with that exposure. So what yeah. has Eric Musselman been able to capitalize in telling these kids like a Nick Smith, Anthony Black, come here, don't go right to the G League. Yeah, you're going to make some money, but it's almost like you're a forgotten commodity when you go to that G League and then try to go into the NBA draft the next year. Yeah, for sure. No, it's a great point. And I think that's why you see Coach Musselman, listen, man, for, for 
I, I, I love Coach Musk. I think he does a great job, man. He moves and shakes and does more in a 24-hour period than anybody else. Like, he's going to see Moses and then at the combine. He's doing that, guys, because he wants to send a message to all the high school recruits. Come to Arkansas. You might not average 30 points a game, but you're going to go the draft. We're going to get you ready to go to that next level. And I think because he has so many connections at the NBA level, he can tell these kids where before – if they go to the G League, say they went somewhere and they had a, a one or two year mediocre years, they get lost because they really kids didn't know what they were getting into. Coach Muscle can can pick up the phone, call fifty NBA guys, get an exact detailed breakdown of what these guys do well. Obviously knows that what they projected to do well, what they need to work on. So these guys are going in this process eyes wide open which is a rare commodity to have, guys. In the college basketball, we, we have a lot of talented players. There's very few coaches with NBA experience, very few. And he's capitalizing on that, and I don't see that trend stopping. And the no. fact that he's honest with them. I mean, you can have all the experience yeah. in the world, but we know the BS filter and the BS factor when it comes to you're the next greatest thing. I get an idea yeah. from him that he's he's a no BS guy when straight shooter when it comes. But also, I got a follow up on like the effect Jalen Williams and coming out of Arkansas and the fact he's had with the Thunder. What do you think that benefits? Not a guy that's coming out like Nick Smith or an Anthony Black. You've got a guy like Jalen Williams who's a grinder, takes charges, and me and Jacobs talked about what's going to separate you from that other 6'8 guy, 6'9 guy, 6'10 going in the league that can't shoot a three, can't be a stretch four, stretch three. He's done it with his charging. What other benefit also does that have when kids are coming in saying, I don't have to be a Nick Smith, but I can still come to Arkansas and make it to the league? Well, for sure, and especially the Arkansas players that we're looking at that that kind of fit that mold because, obviously, Coach Muscle has done a great job of signing Arkansas kids. And, listen, Arkansas basketball has never been better. We don't have a ton, obviously, Nick Smith's coming out, and we're really talented. But I think it means a lot because of the fact, again, when you go to college, you don't get a ton of individual development. College is about a team game. Guys, I played for Cindy Moncrief, was a three-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year. We maybe took 100 shots during a week. We worked on defense, defense, and more defense. So there was no time to do any individual stuff. So with Coach Musselman being able and kind of being a skilled guy, he can take these specialty players, maximize what they do well, and have them kind of carve that niche out and say, all right, take this, do this. And, guys, at Oklahoma City, Isaiah Jones, we were talking about him getting no time. He's potentially talking about the future of Oklahoma City. Isaiah Joe, like, he, and Moses Moody's doing extremely well, too. Coach Muss is putting some players in the league, and they're performing when they get there. We'll talk a little bit about uh, some recruiting, uh, some roster spots that are left open for uh, Razorback basketball real quick. I have a question from Steve Culver. This is probably going to be a two-part two question because I'm going to follow up with this one. Uh, he's asking about Ron Holland. What are your thoughts on him? And then I want to ask, what do you think about Devo Davis's potential as coming back to Arkansas? Yeah. Does he or does he not? Well, Devo is coming back to Arkansas, guys, and I've, I've said this from day one. I don't – my man Anthony B. K., Antonio Buchanan is working out with – I never thought Devo was going to the draft. I think he wanted to explore the process. He had some things he wanted to work on on his game, kind of get away from the team – and enjoy the process, kind of learn what's going on. I've always thought he was a lock to go back to school, guys. I think he's an NBA player because he's an all-type, world-type of defender, but he, he's not – he's going back to school, obviously. And it, that's a big piece of what we're trying to do. On the Ron Holland front, uh, Texas is committing what I would call recruiting suicide, guys. You cannot hold a player's letter and intent to transfer in this type of environment. They will never live this down. When they walk into a living room, they have to answer to mom and dads from now on why you held up a player that is trying to transfer after a coach leaves. Guys, that's common practice. Players sign for coaches, not universities. They sign to coaches. So I think if they let him out, he's a great fit for Arkansas. With backfield of Jordan Walsh, I think he's extremely interested. We've made a ton of segue in that particular market. I had a chance to see Ron Holland. I was a trainer at the Wooten camp. He won the one-on-one clinic, guys. 205 pounds, 200 pounds, 6'9". When he puts on some weight, 
he is dangerous. He's an NBA-type talent. My, my biggest question is with, with Arkansas moving forward, and we've, we've talked previous on the show of just the last three years, Arkansas has just gotten body down low and, yep. and with Baylor and Duke. And then, you know, this year with, with Kansas, it's like, not Kansas, but UConn, what, what has Arkansas got to do? You know, you're getting all these all, you know, high school All-Americans, but really transforming that guy into getting stronger, rebounding where they get an emphasis of where they can get a couple of guys – not necessarily that are bigs, but they are yeah. bigs. Yeah. Well, listen, it's hard to do because you're if you're not keeping these guys for four years, obviously a lot of this stuff comes with maturity and age, and that is the tough part because these guys are so slight when they're coming in. They're athletic, but, man, they're thin. You talk about being 6'9", 6'10", 200 pounds. Guys, that's thin. I mean, you're going to get pushed around. So I think, although let me say this, we had the guy. He just got hurt. Trayvon Brazil was the guy. He honestly, if he is healthy this year, he could be the second player, first player taken in the draft. He was that good. He could do so many things. I think if he's there, we don't get pushed around as much by by UConn. But you're right, Banchero and Duke, they just handled us. I think what he has to look at, and I think with the Mitchell twins, he thought he was there but they were still got pushed around. We need a big, bulky-type center. Doesn't necessarily have to score. He needs to be a rim protector and be able to finish and do a quick post-up. But, guys, what will help that? And it's a totally different position. We need about two knockdown shooters to stretch the court out because that's what's killing us is that when you can't shoot the basketball and they cram in the lane, the driving lanes get to be so tight, it's hard to really even isolate those post opportunities. Yeah, and you were missing guys like J.D. Note and Moses Moody or Jalen Tate even because you think about two years ago when Arkansas was averaging 83 points a game, which is seventh best in the country, they had no issue being able to move around on the court. This year they were just bottled up in the lane. And, and I think if you have just that one big down low, I think that's all Arkansas needs next year to really take care of business because you can play four outs and you can you can fight for rebounds, you can fight to the lane and, and draw fouls better than what you did this past year. Yeah. Um, talk about a little bit about Anor Botang, his, uh, his abilities uh, as he was with uh, Team Griffin, as me and you talked about last week. Uh, he was with Team Griffin, made his debut there in the, in the Nike League, and his upside as far as being an Arkansas kid uh, and, and where he might be uh, looking at as far as his recruiting goes. Yeah, so Honor was Honor was on Team Griffith on the EYBL with another Arkansas target with number one player in that 2024 class, Trey Johnson. So, yeah. Trey Johnson, a 6'6 guy that really a guard that I would classify as a guy that can shoot the deep ball first, drive second, which you don't see a lot at the high school level. Honor Botang is one of those rare talents at being 6'6. He's 208, 210 pounds and not really actively lifting weights. He's an absolute freak of nature. Strong, can jump, extremely high basketball IQ. He spent a lot of time, we spent a lot of time working on his shot and really finishing through contact along with his ball handling. If he can get his ball handling, and we're working on really through traffic, being able to get from high to low with the ball, trap the ball, go through, tuck it, finish, and now get some mid-range separation, sidesteps, as he's an NBA first-round drafted. There's no question. He might be one of the best defenders at this level that I have ever seen. He is that effortless and fluid. He rebounds. He distributes. Like, he's a potential triple-double guy averaging in the state this year at a, in a very, very great 6A basketball league that he's in. But Honor Botang is that good, guys. Remember, when he started – when he walked in the gym, he was 15 years old with me. He was unranked. Nobody had a clue who he was. And now we're talking about him as potentially making a crack to the McDonald's All-American. At the Wooten camp in the top 150, guys, he showed out. He averaged 20 points a game, extremely effortless, had the highest motor. His ceiling is unlimited, guys. He's that good. Well, what's it been like, you know, seeing how Arkansas was in the past and now – any guy, any player, high school, transfer portal that Arkansas has been in the running for or had a chance, or at least if they talked to him, knowing if they were going to be committed to another school, they're at least giving Musselman and staff 
a chance yeah. to hear them. What's it been like watching that unfold and get to the level, not just the success of the team, but just on a, from a recruiting standpoint of kids that would never even think about giving Arkansas a time of day. Now everybody's giving Arkansas a time of day. Yeah, and this just goes back because I've had a chance to ask the kids, what's it like? And, you know, Coach Musselman is extremely transparent with, with his recruiting process when you talk to So he talks the NBA talk, and that's what all these kids, listen, EYBL, Adidas, 3SSB, all these guys think they're going pro. And, I listen, I've tipped their hats. They're that good. They want to be able to hear that type of conversation. They want to be able to see it. They want to be able to hear how he can move the offense and defense around them. So when you can be in the – name in the hat and it doesn't matter like we're going to be in the running for five stars from now until coach must retires or leaves because he is recruiting that great it's a huge deal guys we we're one player away really from turning the corner and being a final four type team get beat by UConn guys they look like an M- the NBA team they were playing so well like that's not a bad beat I, I really really think when you're looking at back-to-back elite eight He's doing that great of a job. If we stayed healthy, we could have been the Final Four. But I'm telling you, he's thinking national championship. That's on his mind, and that's the type of players he's recruiting. Bart, before we get this closed out, uh, tell us where we can find you, uh, your Twitter, social medias, and uh, what a what a training facility and stuff that you do and work with. Yep, so I'm, I'm, I'm with Pure Sweat, so I'm part of Drew Hanlon's crew. So Drew Hanlon just had – uh, the NBA MVP, Joel Embiid, and I had the fourth uh, player in the MVP voting, Jason Tatum. So I'm part of the Pure Sweat family. So you can find me on Twitter, thebartreed, uh, hoopfi.com. So we have a full-service training facility in Sheridan, Arkansas, but I also travel quite a bit. So you can look me up there and uh, reach out. Any questions or possible training concerns, We I train full-time for a living. It's all I do. That's good stuff, man. Bart, it's nice to have you on tonight. We'll get you back on again, hopefully around NBA draft time. And yes, sir. Hopefully we'll see some hogs taking off the board early. That's right. And maybe Thanks, surprise when shoot up the rankings. Have a good one, Bart. Appreciate yeah. you. Love the show. Thanks, guys. Well, that was Bart Reed. Very, very good insight on, you know, what can be going on in the NBA draft, what kind of players Arkansas has got coming in. We'll definitely have him on the show again come NBA draft, you know, probably post. I would say post, you know, to give his reaction yeah. on where the players went. But, man, that's good, good bit of advice, you know, coming from Bart. And just, again, showing what Coach Musselman's done. And to go back to the beginning – of the show when we, when when Arkansas goes on those four or five game losing streaks and everybody's talking about Muss doesn't know what he's got going on and you know we need to look at another coach this right here shows you he knows what's going on and I know he annoys everybody about being in all these spots and you think well he's not focused on you know what's he doing at this Padres game what is he doing at the Chiefs game he when he is somewhere Arkansas is somewhere and people's got to realize the kids that you're talking to are on social media. If he's everywhere on social media, they're seeing him everywhere. Man, I'm going to go play for him. And look what it's doing. It's producing. He, he's not one of these guys that does all this talk and you can't get no kids. Or you're like a Jimbo Fisher and you get all the kids and you still can't go, you know, win anything in the SEC. You know, he, he's getting kids come in and he's talking about now at, at Elite Eight runs and possible Final Four national championships. Another program that was down on the bottom, now we're at the top. How many SEC championships has Eric Musselman won? All right. Again, don't mean when it comes to that. It doesn't mean anything because they're getting to the lead eights, getting to the final fours. So, again, for those people Tell me what there, Alabama's <laughs> been doing. Exactly. Had all that. They've been winning all the SEC regular season championships and can't do crap in the tournament. Exactly. With the with basically the number one uh, college basketball player in the country, and they still went down. The guy that went three and nine, three and nineteen from the field against San Diego State. Yep. That's what's that's what's crazy. I mean, and, and you know what Bart said there. Uh, we need our we need Arkansas to get some uh, knockdown shooters, at least two on the court at all times. And, and you think about it now, you got Minifield that's probably going to be the starting point guard as a distributor, and you got Khalif Battle coming in from Temple, who he could he could have averaged twenty points a game easily if he wasn't the sixth man. He ended up averaging like seventeen and a half points a game, but he's a guy that can shoot forty percent from the from three. You got Tram and Mark 
who can shoot 35% from three. Like, you have guys that can knock things down. You got Trevin Brazil, who's playing out of his mind great, who can shoot probably 35 40% from three. You've got Grant Nelson, who was still in the NBA draft, but is also in the transfer portal. Arkansas has been on him, and he can stretch the floor as a six foot eleven uh, a wing or or a stretch post. Like that is the beauty of what college basketball is right now. And if Arkansas can get as many shooters on this team as possible, it's going to take care of itself. You don't necessarily have to have the biggest of big men like Sonogo or or the other guy that was there. All you need is guys to to be able to shoot, stretch the floor, and play your game. And that is the beauty of what Eric Musselman's system is, is space and pace. And I think at some point he's going to space and pace it to the NCAA Tournament Championship. Yeah, and then that's that's what's going to happen. He's, he's going to get enough pieces. He's working with this puzzle. How, how do I fully put this national championship team puzzle together? And he's he's not been able to quite get it figured out yet. He's He's been close. He's been in the lead eight, but – once he gets that figured out of all right, you know, and and plus you injuries you can't that that's for for you know not forecasted, you know you can't tell like Brazil what are you talking about with Brazil, once all this puzzle comes together and you get your shooters along with your big men, I'm telling you what they've done without having these key pieces, you know you've had your shooters like the Joe the Notes and and um, Jalen Williams you've had your inside guys but not had the shooters. When you get those guys going and you have a whole puzzle there, inside and out, they're going to win a national championship. And that's why we pose the question, who's going to win the national championship at the University of Arkansas? You're exactly right. I mean, you think about when I started watching college basketball, especially watching the Razorbacks, it started with the Stan Heath days, the 9-19 nine and, the nine and 19 year where they were just dreadful. They had uh, Pookie Modica and Ronnie Brewer there as freshmen. Olufumatami there, as, who was a five-star guy, tore his ACL the year before and never, uh, you know, never became what he was supposed to be or uh, pictured to be. And then the Stephen Hills, and you think about the Darien Towns, and they finally added the guys until they were competitive. And, you know, Stan Heath, for, for all the flack that he got, he was, a, he was an okay coach. And then you had to go through the Pelfrey years where it was just, just terrible basketball to watch. The, the guy didn't even look like he had a clue to how to coach uh, uh, college basketball or offensive basketball at, the, at its finest. Like, there was no way. I mean, I think that I think that Texas A&M and Kentucky conspired together to send John Pelfrey and Chad yeah. Morris to kind of disassemble Razorback athletics. Oh, like, yeah. But Arkansas is finally in a place. They're, they, they are, they're in a spot in football where – where they're feeling good about uh, where they're at as a program. And now you had national title contender Eric Musselman in Arkansas. And it's just, you're at the, it was worth the wait. It may have taken 20 something years, but gosh, it's been worth the wait. Yeah. And when that happens, like we got into last week, when that happens, it's going to be a joyful evening in, in downtown Fayetteville. The whole state's going to rejoice and, and, and celebrate that first national championship. And, Rightfully so, and I think they should give everybody a day off from work, day off from school, everybody, when it, when, when that time comes of <laughs> celebrating that national championship. But Jacob, I'm going to tell, tell my boss, uh, hey, I'm not selling pills today. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fail. Well, then you're going to make my job harder because then i got to go set up the people with the satellite with TV because they're going to want to watch the game. So. But Jacob, wrap us oh, up. Man, you ain't got anything stuff. else, man. Hey, guys, as always, go and uh, like, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, Spotify, our uh, Radio, uh, wherever you uh, listen to us at. Just leave us a comment, like, whatever. And then uh, if you want to, just follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram. We're everywhere and uh, all the time, and uh, we just appreciate all the fans that have continued support of the Hog Talk podcast. And that will do it for this episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. Again, don't remember, if you missed the live show, we have it on our Facebook, our Twitter, YouTube channel, and then we always upload it where all podcasts are formed. Tuesday on the women's show, we're going to recap the softball season that unfortunately ended today against Oregon with Jenna Bacara of Believe in Softball, one of our Believe Network uh, partners. So catch that on Tuesday evening at 6 or 6.30. We'll keep you posted on the time. But for Jacob Davis, I'm Porter Hayes. That will do it. But we got – hold on. 
Randy's shouting out great show. Steve saying great show. Guys, thank you for, for listening. We appreciate all of our fans, but we'll, we'll catch you next week. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NexGuard Plus chews. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths and where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx slash you know. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.